You're listening to episode 34 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhardt. Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. I'm your host, Brian Burkhardt, and my guest today started life as an anxious, quiet, and lonely child, being one of four children born to a working-class couple in their 20s. He struggled with school as it was very difficult for him. Teachers were very impatient with him as he continued to struggle, and being socially awkward made him a target for bullies. Little did they know how badly he wanted to succeed, and was truly doing the best he could with what he had. The bullying continued into the 8th grade, until he had reached a limit and finally stood up for himself like a true-life karate kid, as he executed a few martial art techniques that he had learned from his father. Now with his newfound respect from his peers, during his high school years he began to come into his own and discovered he had a sense of humor that made him win over his peers. As a high school graduation approached, something happened that no one could have predicted. A reoccurring pain in his abdomen was diagnosed as an aggressive form of testicular cancer. He received surgery and spent the summer after graduation doing chemotherapy. Once he beat the cancer, he became determined to create a better life than the one he had thus far. He chose to seek a degree in social work, got married, and had three beautiful boys. As that seemed to be not enough, all three boys had been diagnosed with ADHD and Asperger's syndrome. It was through them that he began to receive answers to his own childhood which was very challenging. He sought testing for himself and received his own diagnosis of ADHD, Asperger's syndrome, and dyslexia. Further research revealed that his father had Asperger's and his mother had ADHD. After learning about his boys, his parents, and himself, like a true champion with a passionate mission, he dove 100% in to learn and educate himself about him and his boy's condition. As he became more proficient in his skills and was able to clearly explain the relationship between a parent and a child with Asperger's or ADHD, parents began to seek his help and found that he gave them insights and strategies they hadn't received from years of working with other professionals. He was providing these parents with strategies that actually worked. After about a year, he opened a small office, and word spread so fast of his abilities that he was able to quit his day job just four months later. He has since written five books and presents internationally to parents and educators who want to learn his unique and transformational perspective on living with Asperger's and ADHD. As this man's health saga continues, he's been blindsided once again, having been diagnosed with a genetic disease identified as Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, of which there is currently no cure. As a true inspiration to us all, 
instead of staying home and crying poor me, which many people would say that he has every right to do, he chooses to continue to educate himself and commit himself to learning all he could from these experiences so he could not only teach his boys, but share his knowledge and gift of sharing his message with the world. He has a master's degree in social work and Asperger's and ADHD and dyslexia and now coaches parents and educators on strategies for motivating and communicating better with members of the Asperger's and ADHD communities. He's become a coach, professional workshop facilitator, keynote presenter, a number one best-selling author, a successful entrepreneur, and a fellow podcaster. As he says, that's the meaning I have found in a life filled with struggle. A life that constantly shows me what it means to be human. It's my pleasure to introduce you today to an amazing guest, Brian R. King. Brian. Dang, Brian, you just told my whole life story. <laughs> hey, we're going to get to the nitty gritty here. Why, you know, we got to get that out of the way. Oh, yeah, no, that's it, just the top layer of the onion, man. We got many layers to go through. I'm sure it is. It, it's an incredible story, Brian. Um, reading it, I was just like in awe, the challenges that you and your, your boys and stuff have to face. So it's, I'm excited to talk to you today about some of that stuff and, and some of the things around mindset and you being an entrepreneur and author and a podcaster and so forth and, and also a father. Um, to start out, we got about three things that I found that we got in common. One, we're both Brian's, B-R-I-A-N, the cool way to spell it. That already puts us on the 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 top tier of anybody on the planet. You got it. Whenever someone says, "Oh, my name's Brian" or "My boyfriend's Brian," I go, "How do they spell it?" <laughs> the other thing is we're both apples and oranges. You got apples it, and man. oranges, man. If it's some other way, forget it. You got it. Uh, we're both fathers of three boys, so I have three boys as well, and cool. we're both fellow podcasters, and we belong to the same uh, podcast discovery center group. Very nice. I'm I'm loving this vibe we got so far. Oh, me too. Me too. No, it's been uh, like I said. I've I've delved in, and matter of fact, I watched your Facebook Live video today that you did on the Psychology Today article. I guess a friend right. sent you, and it was about uh -huh. the, the dynamics of a group setting when an individual with ADHD was added to that group and became part of that group. Is that correct? That's correct. Could you share a little bit about that? I thought it was I thought it was really cool. It was a great little segment that you had, and I think it's something important that uh, we can start off with right here. Yeah, it was exciting to uh, to read because the entire gist of it was the researchers were looking to see what would happen to the group's problem solving ability if somebody with ADHD was added to the mix. Because if you know somebody with ADHD, they're scattered, they're tangenting every time a shiny object shows up or there's a squirrel to chase. And they can be disruptive to a group dynamic. So they wanted to see how having somebody like that would affect problem solving. And what they found, which is what surprised them, is even though the group had more off-task behavior, they were more easily distracted because of this ADHD member, that group actually solved the problems better. And when they looked back at it and said, you know, why was this happening? Because we didn't expect this. They found because the ADHD brain is so much more inclined for outside-the-box thinking 
and creative problem solving that they were actually able to help the group think more creatively as opposed to linearly. That's why they got better solutions and solved the problems faster. So yay, Team ADHD. Yeah. You know, so I immediately, I immediately did a video saying, teachers, listen up. You know, stop punishing your kids for saying, you know, hey, you're off task. You need to pay attention. Read this article and see that that can actually be an asset to the group. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And what shocks me, Brian, that today with with so much information that's out there now, that these children are still being treated as, oh, you know what, you're disruptive, you're not, you don't have manners, and it's none of those issues most of the time. These children are are exceptionals. They just have trouble focusing, you know. But they're boxing them in and and just labeling them and. And not letting them grow and express themselves and, and actually be beneficial to the class. Yeah. Well, it, some of it is willful ignorance. You know, yeah. like you said, there's that much information that's out there and people aren't seeking it. They're saying, well, I know enough. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I think I've got it pretty much figured out. I'm married to the stereotype that I have in my mind about what ADHD is. And I'm just going to do my darndest to make these little square pegs fit in a round hole. And it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. But you figure being an educator, <laughs> that's what you do. You educate yourself and that you should continue to grow and, and learn, especially if you're dealing with children. I mean, I don't. that's just my, my opinion on it. But The irony there is there are a lot of unteachable teachers. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But the ones that do get it and do educate themselves are changing lives, and I will always give credit where it's due. Yes, you need to. Absolutely. Are you familiar with the entrepreneur uh, Alex Sharfin? I believe I'm pronouncing it right. Does not ring a bell. All right. Um, after the interview, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but I'll also send you a link to it. He uh, wrote an ebook. It's just a free one called The Entrepreneurial Personality Type. And one of the things he talks about in there is that he suffered with ADHD growing up and he was confused. He never felt that he fit in and everything and how he found out actually as an adult and being an entrepreneur that the ADHD has actually helped him Absolutely. <laughs> be an entrepreneur, you know? So it was interesting. So I'll share that with you later and, and with the, the rest of the audience and stuff, but it's, it's just a free ebook, but it goes into the personality type. And one of the things is the ADHD that he talks about. So I thought That's that great. was cool. Yeah. Now let me ask you, Brian here, who had the biggest impact on your development as a child? Wow. <laughs> Who had the greatest impact? That it wasn't one person. Okay. Because my life was just so rough, as you described at the beginning. And there were plenty of times where I felt like giving up. You know, nobody understood me. Nobody got me. Everybody was treating me like garbage. My own parents were trying their best, or rather my mom was. My dad was very, you know, not there, being Asperger's and all. But every time I would feel like giving up, suddenly this person would appear that would take me under their wing and say, hey, buddy, you know, I see you. I notice you. You seem like a good kid. You just don't know what to do or you just need a good friend. And that person would help me along. And it was typically an adult. Now, somebody who was outside the mainstream. You know, one of the first people that I remember was the mother of one of my classmates. She would come in and teach us art. You know, it was a private Catholic school. And so parents volunteered a lot. And the mom came in to teach us art. And she noticed that I would sit there with my head down when all the rest of the kids were getting started and I didn't know what to do. And she would sit next to me and take as much time as I needed so that I could participate and create something. 
Hmm. And even though it was only once a week, that mattered because somebody saw me when I thought I was invisible. And there were people throughout my life that were like that, always showing up at those critical moments. I don't know if it was a string of guardian angels or if it was one that just kept showing up in different forms, however you want to frame it. But it was the person that showed me that I mattered. That, that would be the most important person. And that person came in many different bodies throughout my life. So I hope that answers your question. No, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, it could be one guardian angel. It could be many or whatever. But it, it was it's neat to see. And, and, and forgive my ignorance. I don't know too much about Asperger's. Um, my fiance, uh, her son was unofficially, I guess, diagnosed with it. When he's um, was younger, I don't know about what age, so I know a little bit about it. And when I deal with them, you can kind of tell, you know, there's a there's a whole different way to communicate and to really get their attention because mm-hmm. they got the ADHD and and some other factors on there. Um, but that's neat that I mean, you found people and that you were self aware, um, you know, that hey, I can learn something from this, and that you you accepted it. You know, I think that's that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I was really crying inside to, to belong in some way. And I was never able to figure out on my own how to do that. And it wasn't really until I was in high school that I found out how to do it a little bit. You know, in college, I blew it for a couple of years. That's an entirely different story before I found my footing again. And fortunately, as an adult, I have achieved such a level of mastery just because of my tenacity, you know, of wanting to figure out how does this relationship thing work? that now I'm teaching other people how to do it. That's powerful. That, and you've, you've lived it, so you can share those stories, which is amazing. And, you know, stories are powerful. So you're going to go ahead and grab these people's attention. And then the message that you can deliver, because you've lived it, and plus with your boys as well. I mean, it's not just you personally, but how to deal with someone other than yourself also with those challenges. So right. I commend you. That That's awesome. So what did you do, Brian, to educate yourself? Did you seek out more people? Are you an avid reader? What did you do when you finally got a little bit more as an adult and out? Because I take it you were what? You were early 20s when you got married and had your three boys. Is that correct? I was uh, kind of my late 20s when I got married. And it was my mid-30s when I found out about the Asperger's because that's when my oldest was entering first grade and having all of his issues. And then the teacher suggested that he might be somewhere on the spectrum. And when we got him tested, and I was being asked all these questions about him. Does he do this? Does he have problems with that? And I started thinking, man, I, I got problems with that. <laughs> yeah. So that's when the, the bells started going off. And after he was diagnosed and we got him secure in school with the, the supports that he would need, that's when I went back and said, hey, I want to talk about me now. I think this is true for me as well. And then that began my journey of self-discovery. But fortunately, I was doing this in the Internet age. So I was able to get on the Internet and just devour whatever I could find. I found articles that scared the the hell out of me. I found articles that made me very optimistic. I saw certain names that kept popping up over and over again. Leanne Holiday-Willie, Temple Grandin, Stephen Shore. And I began buying their books and reading them, and if they had an email address, I'd email them and see if I could pick their brains. And and now Stephen Shore and Leanne Holiday-Willie are good friends. 
Oh, that's and awesome. it's it's totally awesome that some of my mentors are now colleagues. And it was all about I was looking for actionable information, things that I could do to create better results for myself and my kids. And that was my criteria. I didn't just want information that I could walk around and tell people because if it didn't inform their actions, what good was it? Exactly. So that's basically what I emphasized in what I was looking for and how I began raising my boys. And many of it, much of it was also trial and learning because they're individuals. Right. Some stuff didn't work. When it didn't work, I apologized. We moved forward and we tried something new. That's awesome. Yeah, and and, and that's it. You you basically had your own little uh, laboratory there between you and your children to actually try things and you know whatever you were researching, you're able to apply those things and see what strategies actually worked. And that's one of the yeah, things. My, I'm sorry. I let ahead. my boys know. I told my boys, hey, we're trying to figure this out together. You know, I wasn't approaching it as the all-knowing parent of, well, you know, well, I'm the parent and whatever I say is is law. And uh, because I said so, and I didn't have that parental arrogance that a lot of parents have where they just think that they're in a position of authority and they're not to be questioned. They And they never have to apologize or explain themselves. B.S. Right. You're a human being. You make mistakes. And if you want your kids to learn those virtues, you must model it. Let them know when you screw up. Let them know that this is the first time that you're a parent and nobody handed you a book and you're trying to figure it out together. Kids are cool with that. Yeah, exactly. Now, would you say that, obviously, I mean, that's a great tip for any parenting to do that approach, but do you think that approach actually helped your boys a lot better when you took that type of angle and that type of attitude and mindset towards the development and learning of the issues that you guys had and how to grow from that? Oh, it absolutely did. And one of the biggest ways it helped is they realized that they weren't the only one who felt confused because as they look at their teachers and they look at their fellow students and everybody seems to know what's going on. Everybody seems to have it all together and all figured out, and they feel like the the one, you know, they feel like the goose among the ducks. Like, what the heck am I doing here? I don't belong here. I, I feel stupid. But then here comes Dad saying, hey, you know what? We're in this together. You're not alone. Here's another person kind of stumbling through life trying to figure things out. Let's do it together. And just that elimination of that lonely feeling is very validating for an individual. Oh, absolutely. Now, did you get that mindset that you developed there, Brian? Was that through your research and reading and, and I guess in addition to the mentors that you, you basically reached out and met? What was that what helped you with that mindset? It was actually by accident. Really? Yeah. My, my oldest boy was in crisis. He had been holding a lot in about what was troubling him in middle school. And up until then, I'd been doing things pretty methodically in the way the book's uh, showed, and then the way he was coming down so heavy with all of this stuff that was bothering him, bullying and whatnot, I just took a deep breath and I looked at him and I said, you know what? I don't have an answer for you. I wish I did. But one promise I can make you is that we are going to figure this out and I'm not going to leave your side until we do. That's powerful. So, <laughs> so my, my just telling him that we're in this together I don't know where we're going to end up, but you're not going to do it alone. 
And he felt so much relief from that because he was thinking that if he told us about the difficult time he was having, that we wouldn't be proud of him anymore. So he was thinking he was between a rock and a hard place. You know, he he's not pleasing him at school. He feels like a screw up. If he admits it, he's displeasing his parents. And no matter what he does, he's screwed. And I basically let him off the hook and let him know that, no, we're not proud of you because of what you accomplish. We're proud of you because you're taking risks. Yes. Because you're sticking your neck out and you're taking chances. That's why we're proud of you. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. You don't have to be a perfectionist in any way in order for us to be proud of you. Just get out there, show up, and take some action and learn from those results. You know, that was the only expectation I ever have of them. And by letting them see me do the same thing, making mistakes and saying, oh, well, that didn't work. Okay, let's try something else. Yeah, that's the way you got to – I mean, you have to learn that way, you know. But it's the mindset mindset for you to have that that's that's so powerful powerful. to teach that lesson and let them know, hey, it's okay. And even though a lot of people, they feel like they want to have the answer, especially being a parent, you kind of want to give advice and help your children. But what I think was so cool is that you just – you were so honest and transparent with them and said, you know what? Listen, buddy, I don't have the answer. I don't know what it is, but I'm by your side. You are not in this alone, and we're going to figure this out. I mean, come on. that's That's got to be such – I mean, that's got to that, – that right there probably helped excel your, your uh, children so much further, just that mindset and sharing that with them. Because what we ultimately discovered there together was that it's not important to have the answer. It's just important to know that there is one. Right. You know, there is an answer to this. I don't have it at the moment, but we're going to figure out where it is. As opposed to the school model, which is the teacher is going to call on you. If you don't have an answer, you're a failure. You're lazy. You didn't do your homework. You know, that approach absolutely sucks. Yeah. We should be rewarding. We should be rewarding resourcefulness, not good memory. You know, if I can't remember it, I can go look it up. I know where to find it. That's a more important skill than being able to have an encyclopedia in your head. Exactly. Now with our smartphones, it's right there at the tips of our yeah, fingers. We who, don't need who needs to remember to memorize that. all this stuff. It's totally pointless. What I can was, Google it. <laughs> exactly. What was that story, Brian? You probably heard of. Uh, I think it was Henry Ford. You ever hear? Yeah, that story? Henry Ford. He had this. He had this machine on his desk, and with a bunch of different buttons on it. And the the I'll try to make it as short as possible. That he. He was suing a, a newspaper reporter for slander because he's called Henry Ford stupid. So Henry Ford sued him, and he went to court, and the uh, the attorney for the defendant was asking him all of these stupid questions, you know, like memory questions. You know, do you know when this happened in history? Do you know this? Do you know that? And Henry said, is this really what we're here for, for you to ask me these dumb questions? He says, I have got a console on my desk with all these buttons. And at any time during the day, if I have a question, I can hit one of those buttons and it will call a specific expert to come to me that I can ask my question of to get the information I need. So what he basically demonstrated was he's resourceful. He spends his time and his mental energy on the stuff he's good at, the problems he needs to solve. He doesn't keep his brain filled with useless junk. Right. You know, and that should be the rule for anybody. But our schools haven't caught up to that yet. 
Yeah, that's a whole other uh, topic we could spend days on talking about how our educational system needs to change. Just like what you said earlier, um, you know, it's all memorized. If you can memorize stuff, you're a great A student and you're going to do well. But that's we need to teach our children how to think for themselves, how to be creative. I mean, we're no longer in that. Yeah, we're not in that industrial age where you're going to go out and have to memorize basic stuff. I mean, we need the creativity and the... The basically, you know, the key, just thinking for yourself. Yep. Now, with Asperger's on there, Brian, is it, you know, we all have what I call, like to call the monkey brain. You know how you get that chatter that comes oh, up in yeah, your head? Yeah, chattering all the time in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always talk about this. Me and my one buddy will talk about that. You know how some days you're fired up, you're ready to conquer the world, you got, maybe you're writing a new book, you got some podcast guests, you got a lot of stuff going on, you're just feeling confident. You go to bed, you wake up less than 12 hours later, and all of a sudden that confidence is gone. It's like, what happened overnight? I did not change any while I slept, but now I'm self-defeating thoughts and all this stuff. As a person with Asperger's, is that escalated or maybe with the ADHD than, than a normal person would have or? Well, having never been a normal person, <laughs> I can't, I can't say, but one thing I can tell you is that the ebb and flow can be huge. You know, there can be times during the day where you're on fire for several hours and you're just a creation productivity machine. Then all of a sudden you hit a wall and can't do anything for the rest of the day. Wow. Then there are days where you're kind of on this mediocrity plateau Well, you're doing okay, you're making some stuff happen, but it's nothing you're really proud of. And then there are days where you feel completely useless. You just can't hit your groove, you know? You just just can't seem to make anything happen. And that's the day when you're chasing rabbits or squirrels or or something else, and your brain just doesn't engage. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really sucks the most about it is we can't predict when what is going to happen. Right. There are some things that we can do. In my case, listening to music can really get my brain fired up, you know, get the the dopamine and the serotonin moving, and I can get some productivity out of myself. But it's not as much as if I would have started that way because for whatever reason my brain decided, okay, we're going to make things happen today. Now, are you a, a big planner? Do you, like, structure out your day, like maybe the night before or first thing in the morning, what you want to do, or are you more like... I, I do I do have a vast amount of lists that I work off of. Okay. Things I need to do first thing in the morning, things I got to make sure I get done by the end of the day, because otherwise I'll forget. Right. And even though I, I do it every single day, my brain's capacity to remember and hold information is very small. So, you know, my, my brain is is designed for creativity, not memory. So I need to have the list to replace what my memory doesn't do for me. Right. Now, do you have um, a daily rituals that you pretty much do? And let's say you're, you're must do that each morning or each evening or both. Some things that you do each and every day that, that you think help you um, get the proper mindset and to achieve what you do despite these challenges. Absolutely. I've got to meditate and exercise. Excellent. I, I've just started meditating, so I'd love to hear you say that. Now, what have you found? What What is the biggest thing, and, and when did you start seeing results? Because I hear a lot of creativity, a lot more clarity, uh, a lot more focus just through meditation. Is that what you found, Brian? 
Oh yeah, those are byproducts. You know, right. those are things that just happen by virtue of the meditation. I I learned meditation about twenty five years ago from a Zen master. Oh wow! And it was absolutely the most profound tool I've ever found. And what it does is it allows me to peacefully watch the monkey chatter without feeling the need to be a part of that conversation. Because one thing that really derails the creative minds is they feel like they need to chase every idea that pops up. Right. And the meditation just allows you to be a peaceful observer. All that noise is happening in your brain, all the noise is happening around you, and you can sit there calmly and watch it and not have to get involved. Having that degree of self-discipline over your mind makes it a lot easier to pick and choose where your focus is going to be. Right. Now, do you see that carrying over after you've meditated throughout the day? Does that help you with that, you know, overcoming fear and negative chatter? Oh, yeah. Not so much overcoming fear, but, you know, anxious thoughts pop up. Things pop up that could potentially lead to anger if you followed that train of thought. Right. So they don't go away. You just don't grab a hold of them because the monkey gives you a lot of stuff to chew on. Hey, here's something to be afraid of. Hey, doesn't this piss you off? <laughs> and you can decide to say, oh, that's, that's nice. You know, let it kind of go by. So it absolutely impacts the quality of my day. One of the reasons I can remain optimistic and solution focused is because those are the only concepts that I want to participate in. If something comes up that says, ah, I really think you should feel anxious about this, I say, mm, nah, that's not my game. That's not how I want to feel. That's not how I want to approach the day. Now, is that something that um, when you were younger and you, you, know, you discovered that you had the Asperger's, so that kind of made sense on some of the ways you were dealing with it, do you think that made it more challenging for you? to overcome those those chatters and negative thoughts that come in? Well, I spent a lot of time engaging in imagination. You know, I would get lost in the superhero cartoons on Saturday morning or the ones that were after school. I would spend time coloring Superman in the coloring book, pretend, you know, wishing I was him. Or I would just look at the sky like the birds and pretend that I could fly away. Because, you know, back in the... You know, late 70s, early 80s, we had TVs with five channels on them. Right. You know, we, we didn't have cable. We didn't have video games on the Internet. We had our imagination. And that's pretty much what I used to escape whenever I could because my everyday life was just too hard. Yeah, that's I, – I bet. And like I said, I'm trying to educate myself a little bit more on this um, because I've got, like I said, my stepson who's – I think has the Asperger's. I don't know to what level. Um, I have two of my own children um, that are suffering from anxiety. So I'm trying to really educate myself on it like you, you know, really delve into these issues. One, to help them. One, to not be ignorant about it so I can have compassion for others and, and also hopefully share the message with, uh, you know, using the podcast as a platform. When you get these listeners, I mean, you've got a podcast. You know the the power when you can share a, a strong message with a mass amount of people throughout the world. I mean, we get listeners from all over the place. You know, so it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's it's such a great time that we're able to do this with a um, headset, a laptop, computer, whatever you got, and some basic software. So it's powerful. Um, 
What would you say, Brian, was the biggest lesson that you've learned from the health challenges you've had with the Asperger's and ADHD? The biggest lesson I've learned is that every single time something is thrown in your path that knocks you down, that it's important to look at it as an opportunity to be resourceful. Because with every new problem that I've come that I've had to face, I've had to bring new people into my life. I've had to learn new knowledge and skills so that I could continue on my path. Because there are goals that I have, and any one of these challenges could have stopped me. But I said, no, damn it, I still want those results. What resources, knowledge, and people do I need in my life so I can still do that? So you don't look at it as, oh, man, this is a disability. This is horrible. This is... This is a punishment from God. No, it's not. It's an opportunity for you to step up and continue to be a solution seeker. And if you look at it like that, nothing can hold you back because you're you're making use of it as opposed to letting it just stand in your way. Right. No, I love it, Brian. And, and I'm so glad that you do have your podcast and your website and your blog where you do that and your your uh, Facebook live videos, because you can share this message with a lot of people that, you know, I think some of them feel beaten down and confused. And if they haven't been diagnosed, I'm sure they feel very confused because they don't know what's going on. But then once you get diagnosed, sometimes people feel, oh, now I got a label on me and I'm somewhat handicapped. And you're just a great example of no, 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 no. It's something that you have. Let's not say that it's a disability or a hindrance to your lifestyle. It's just a different way of thought that you have and different thing that you need to overcome. We all have our own things. So for you, you to- the, a, a, di a diagnosis is just taking a bunch of traits that you have, grouping them together and calling them something. Right. You know, so we, we have this awkward social way of being. Sometimes we don't make eye contact. Sometimes we have extreme interests that we only want to talk about and, and nothing else. Let's put that all together, call it Asperger's syndrome. Mm -hmm. So it's that grouping and that, that labeling that makes it so. Right. But the reality is these are one small teaspoon of you. You know, when you look at how complex a human being is, you're going to tell me nine traits says everything about you. It's not the whole story. Absolutely. It, it, it's the tip of the iceberg. So start with that, figure out what it means for you and keep digging because there is so much more to you than those characteristics. Couldn't have said it better. That is, that's awesome. I love it. And one of the things my uh, fiance has said, and I think this is so true too, is, you know, it's, you got this stigmatism around it where people are afraid to talk about it or share it. They feel, um, I don't want to say it. They feel bad. They feel like they're defective or something. And she always says, you know, if we talk about Asperger's, ADHD, autism, um, anxiety, depression, we need to talk about it like it's a cold. We should be open about it and not feel guilty and ashamed and, and try and deal with it themselves and be hurting inside when there's so many people out there such as yourself that are willing to share information and help. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I put so much out there, not only in my newsletters, but in my my social media profiles, is because I want to normalize talking about this stuff. Right. You know, taking away the shame, taking away the stigma or the stereotypes, and making it like saying, oh, you know, well, I happen to like this TV program too, and 
just being able to put it out there without the judgment. That's one of my missions, at least. Hey, I, I'm, I'm here to support you in any way, buddy. I appreciate that. It's a great mission. couple last questions here for you, Brian. Now, before we do, where's a good place if the listeners want to learn more about what you're doing and about Asperger's and ADHD and stuff like that? What's the best way to reach out and connect with you online? Well, you can start with my website, which is brianraymondking.com. Sign up for my newsletter right there on the homepage, and you'll get something from me every single day. And there's also social media. I'm very, very active on Facebook. You can just search my name, and you will find me. Yes, and uh, listeners, definitely check out Brian. Go to the website. It'll be linked up in the show notes, and definitely follow him on Facebook. I'm telling you, this this guy's awesome. He's got great information. I've seen his Facebook Live. He's He's very comfortable in front of the camera. He's very authentic, and he's just sharing great information that's going to help you. So definitely check him out. Brian, what is one piece of advice that you'd like to share with the Mindset family that could they could implement? We always talk about action. You, you share actionable ideas. What is something actionable that they could implement either in their business and or in their life that would have a dramatic positive impact? on the business or their life. Whenever you are struggling, whenever you're experiencing a setback, remind yourself that this is not as good as it gets. You know, it's not your destiny. It's not how it's meant to be. It's simply a fact in the moment. Remind yourself it's not as good as it gets. It's going to get better. There is more goodness to come. You've just got to keep trudging on until you get there. Great mindset to have. Last question for you, my friend. Have you seen the movie The Little Traitor? No, I'm not even familiar with that one. Okay. It's not a real big film, and I don't know when it came out, but basically what it is is it's during the British occupation of Palestine set in 1947, and a little Jewish boy develops a friendship with a British soldier, which he's not supposed to because the the British came in and invaded, and they're the enemy. But they, they build this bond, and there's a line in there where as the war starts to wind down and they're, they're moving out of Palestine to basically give it back to the people and say, Hey, we're out of here. The British soldier has to leave, but he can't find the little boy. So he tells one of the other soldiers, let, if you see the little boy, will you tell him that Dunlop, which is the officer's name, wishes him a brilliant life. And I don't know what it is, Brian, but that line and how it was delivered it wasn't say, take care, it's been nice knowing you, but wish him a brilliant life. And I just love that phrase. So my last question to you is, what is your definition of living a brilliant life? Living a brilliant life would be using all of yourself. Because so many of us create this facade or this version of ourselves, a brochure, But in order to really achieve your full brilliance, you've got to put it all out there. You've got to work with everything that you've been given. Not only the stuff that makes you strong, but the stuff that makes you vulnerable. That's ultimately what's going to help you shine your brightest. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Guys, girls, please check out Brian. Again, like I said, the information will be in the show notes for his website, his Facebook. Reach out to him. Follow him. Just for his advice, I mean, if you do have 
a child or yourself or you know somebody, a family member, friend with Asperger's, ADHD, dyslexia, he's going to be a great source and a wealth of information. Um, I think you also, don't you offer a course on your website that I saw, Brian? Yeah, I have a membership site and it's full of instructional videos that I've given. There's also a community of other members that you can collaborate and synergize with and work together as a family to get the results you want. Love it. That's powerful. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Please follow Brian. Um, I know I'm going to be continuing to follow him and help him support his mission with getting his message out and his sharing his story. Um, until next time, guys, I wish you a brilliant life. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm in button below this podcast. Each week I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care, and I wish you a brilliant life.